Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Okay, so we are live. Um, hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with another episode of our Ecom show. And t- today I have a special guest, um, Anne from uh, Kenya. And uh, she's our uh, amazing CRO expert. She helps e-commerce businesses with uh, website conversion uh, rate optimization. And uh, she's a great uh, data analyst as well. Um, Welcome to the show, Anne. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, today we have uh, we will discuss a few topics, but before we jump into it, so please share a bit more uh, about your past. How did you end up in the world of of marketing and e-commerce and all of these digital things? Yeah, all right. So. I've been in CRO and data analysis for about uh, six years now, but I started as a web developer. So what got me interested in data is that I saw there was a disconnect between me building applications that users will use and be comfortable using and what I was doing. And I needed a way to bridge the gap, which is understanding the users. And that's how I got interested in data and not only in the the overall metrics, like to see how many people are coming to the website and all that kind of stuff, but really how they are using the platform I'm building. So that's how I started off as a data analyst and also a CRO specialist. Yeah, amazing. Um, And how was it like six years ago? I'm really curious. I always ask guests, that uh you know that come into the show that uh how was it back then when you started and how is it now and how can you compare the two you know yeah yeah back then the issue of data wasn't um or the knowledge of data wasn't that um advanced actually even getting uh resources to learn was a bit of a challenge and also getting users who or, or clients who would understand what data is was yet another challenge. And yeah, it was that was the like the main challenge, but at least things even out uh, over the years where we have uh, different applications of data for the different industries and people are buying into uh, the new form of knowledge acquisition about their clients. So this day, it's like it's the in thing uh, for every business, online business, or even other offline businesses. They need data for them to progress. So it's easier, much easier these days. Can you see any? So you can definitely see an improvement compared to six years ago. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, six That's years a... ago, lots of businesses did not need to use or did not know they could use data to improve themselves. But right now, a good percentage of businesses are actually doing it. Yeah. However, just today we had a call a few hours ago with Anne, and um, I think you just said that uh, how this client measures data. 
because they didn't have uh, enhanced in, in e-commerce, I think, in Google Analytics. So yes. we just have no clue how they measure data. Probably they use Shopify Analytics, but as you will see, it's 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 better than nothing, but still it's far from being accurate. And yeah. So what is CRO exactly? If somebody doesn't know what it is. Yeah, CRO in like the most simplified form is increasing the percentage of uh, users or visitors to your website who uh, make a purchase from the existing visitors. For instance, let's say you own a shoe store, an online shoe store, and you have 1,000 visitors coming in in a day, uh, but mm -hmm. only, let's say, five end up making a purchase. So yeah. co increasing conversion rate means um getting like 10 people to make a purchase out of the 1000 people yeah so conversion rate is that ratio between the number of buyers versus the number of total visitors mm -hmm. and uh when is it applicable so who should care about this at, at what stage of the business and when it's not really applicable or when they have something else to solve first what can you okay. see? Those are a bunch of questions. Let me start with the first one. So when is conversion rate, no, which businesses uh, uh, apply or should apply uh, conversion rate optimization? So let me start from there. So if you have any form of online business, as long as um, there is an action on the website that you would want visitors to take, even if it's not e-commerce based, something like uh, having them download something or leaving their emails uh, so that you can collect leads. A uh, simple thing as even watching a video, as long as there's a certain action you need users to take on the website, then you need CRO because you will need to know if the section or a percentage of users are converting, how do I increase? this number so for the next question well, what was it again i forgot <laughs> sorry <laughs> um yeah when is it applicable but when is it not applicable so wh wh what are those cases i think one of them is the traffic right when they have an issue with the traffic uh, it's not figured out yet then it's hard to implement cro if the traffic is just bad uh, but when, when are those cases in your experience when CRO is not really applicable? Uh, they shouldn't focus on that, but they should focus on something else. So there are different stages of CRO actually. And what I would recommend is when the business is at the very beginning of uh, its journey, I would recommend that they concentrate mostly on data collection because at this point, the data they are collecting will impact the decisions they're making. So it's critical that they ensure that they're collecting one, adequate data. Number two, their data is reliable in that there are no errors or, or you, you're getting traffic from users who are not your actual visitors like the team members. Yeah. And make sure that you are tracking everything that's aligned to the key performance indicators of the business. So what are the goals of the business and are you tracking against these goals to make sure mm -hmm. that you can see progress? So those are for the very beginners. And then concerning traffic, so there are some aspects of CRO that cannot be done on websites with low traffic, and that is things like A-B testing. 
However, when there is enough traffic on the website, just enough to show a trend, we call it, uh, we, we say if uh, traffic, the, the data is statist statistically significant. For instance, you can't base a decision based on users who are just like 10 users in a day for on a website. So you can't, uh, you, you can't decide that I'm going to make this ch change because let's say three out of those 10 visitors have decided to take a certain action. So this is where data comes to play. And what you can probably do when a website has low traffic is to collect data over longer periods of time mm -hmm. and do an analysis or CRO on that. And in cases where um, the website is has has lot and there's and uh, we need to optimize it. Just a slightly different path is going to be A/B testing because A/B testing needs high traffic uh, because it's recommended like for one variant you need to have like around 300 conversions per variant for you to actually yeah. get the clear picture of what's yeah of what's happening. Yeah, I told this to a friend of mine last week, and he said it's too much, too many. So, <laughs> what what can somebody do? They they shouldn't A/B test. They should focus on something else. Uh, in that case, they should focus on something else, and that is data and the story mm -hmm. that the data the, the data tells them. Like for instance, um, there's a client and I analyzed data for, and we could see that uh, as much as they didn't have very significant data, we could see that they have a high drop-off point at checkout. Mm -hmm. But then again, when I segmented the data, I realized that it's not everyone who is affected by that problem. It's just a small portion of users who are not in the country where the business was uh, hosted or uh, work or, 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 or um, operating from. So we get things like... Um, import duty, things like shipment and shipping fees and all that kind of stuff. So the smaller businesses which do not have uh, that high traffic can concentrate on the story that the data tells them. So if we see, for instance, this small percentage of people are the ones who will be affected, then the next question is what can we do to sort out this small percentage of users? Because right now, I, I mean, at that point, they're not able to run an experiment and get a clear winner, but they can definitely see a trend in the preferences for the users. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So focus on what the story, sorry, what the what story the data tells you basically. Um, yes. And how it how so in the data you can see uh, the user experience basically. It's re reflected in the data, and you should focus on that. And also. It looks like uh, you really focus on segmenting the, you know, the customers and the visitors. So mm -hmm. I I can see that many people they focus on averages, while actually the main thing is segmenting the visitors and finding the different segments how they behave, um, mm -hmm. and filter out, you know, uh, where the performance could be improved. Many times on mobile, the experience is not good, while on desktop, it's great, and and so on. We could say many examples. Um, okay, and um, so so let's say uh, you know we should focus on data and not on A/B testing. Uh, and uh, if we can see certain trends, then 
what can we do? Maybe we should implement some quick fixes first or, or what would be the next step then if we can see the, uh, the trends in the data? Okay, for that, I would say if you have the numbers, if you have the traffic, by any means, go for A-B testing. The reason for this is that A-B testing is an actual representation of what the real-life clients actually want. Because mm -hmm. if you have a variant that wins, then here you clearly know that this is exactly what the visitors want. So if you have the numbers, then no need to like go and do the fixes before you test your hypothesis. Because then again, uh, it's an issue of resources uh, or availability of resources. And if you can do it to get a clearer picture, then that's the best thing. So for the small businesses, then they can go and test it out, see how it goes, because they might not really um, get a clear winner considering their low traffic. So then they can go and yeah, yeah. implement something and then see how it turns out. It's the same with email marketing. Sometimes we have clients uh, complaining that we don't do enough testing, but we always tell them that we don't have enough traffic in the flows and even email campaigns, so it's hard to test. Uh, we need to wait more. Same with ads. I never did ads, but I can imagine that, you know, you need a certain amount of traffic and time to get significant data. Um, and mm -hmm. until you don't have it, then it's just hard. Um, okay, and uh, yeah, very common question. Uh, so nowadays, e-commerce businesses, they should optimize for desktop or, or, or mobile? Yeah, this depends on the type of business. I'll give you two examples. I mean, I'll give you, yeah, two examples. One is for a business that deals with designs, let's say logos or, mm -hmm. or vectorized images. So you find that users who actually need this solution, a good number of them uh, prefer going on the desktop device where they can interact and also download whatever they need. And if they need to edit them, they can easily do it with the website, uh, with the, uh, a different application on the desktop that's most likely not supported on mobile device find that for this category of users, their preferred platform or device, their preferred device is the desktop device. And for another example, but for mobile devices is, let's say some, a business that deals with, let's say fashion industry, or yeah. maybe t-shirt printing, things that are just like yeah. basic. Yeah, so for those ones you have, you'll find that just like, 80% of the users prefer mobile devices. So in this case, if we are prioritizing, I would say definitely optimize for both. But if it's a question of priority, go with the device that has the highest number of users because it also has the biggest impact. For instance, for that, for that uh, business whose uh, number of clients or mobile device users is um, 80%, it would make very little sense if we go optimizing desktop uh, first and leaving out the mobile devices where 80% of the clients or the visitors are for mobile devices. So if it's a question of prioritization, start with um, the users who, the, the, the device category where 
that, that is used by the majority of the users. This is where data analysis is key in, along the process of CRO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it true that nowadays people, they tend to find and visit websites on, on mobile first, but they buy on desktop, they come back later. Can we see this in the data or not really? Um, this is possible where you have a solution that requires a users to log in before, like let's say they make a purchase mm -hmm. or even after they make a purchase, they can create an account because how the common platforms uh, work with data is that they can't tag a user across devices unless they're logged in. So yeah. this it's easy to track when you have that kind of a, a system, uh, but for majority of e-commerce websites, it's not a requirement for users to log in before they can make a purchase. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, most of the time it's going to be hard to see this information. Yeah, maybe is this the reason why they want an account, big companies? I'm sure they also want this because they want your data, uh, your contact details, but maybe it's one more reason so they can find you and track you. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, we, we, we don't need data because if we don't, yeah. the, clearer, the clearer the data, the better it is for us. Because if we can track a user's journey across all these devices, it gives us more information about their journey than if we can just track them in individual devices without making that connection. But then again, for the client, no one wants to come in and there's a whole checkout process here that they have to engage in and everything. So I think that's just something e-commerce businesses have to deal with, that mm -hmm. um, the, the, the issue of not having that piece of information for the sake of their clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, like 10, 15 years ago, this account creation was a bigger thing than nowadays. Now companies try to, you know, not have having this, especially Shopify stores. Um, and probably it's easier to convert a customer, but on the other hand, you don't have as much data. Um, yeah. And uh, for data analysis, what tools would you recommend? Uh, Google Analytics is the queen or there is something else? Um, there are better tools than Google Analytics, but they okay. also track things differently. It depends uh. mostly on what you want to track. And if what you want to track uh, and what you want to track depends on the tool that you select. Mm -hmm. So there are tools like uh, Mixpanel, there is um, Hip Analytics, uh, Segment. Segment is great at integrating data from all these other platforms mm -hmm. and collecting it together, I mean, to, to connecting, collecting it in one place in a specific data warehouse so that you can uh, uh, analyze the data from there. And then we have others which, other platforms which um, are, are focused on attribution modeling. So the tool you select basically depends on your needs. And I can say that Google Analytics uh, covers much more that most e-commerce businesses would need. And mm -hmm. if it gets to a point where you need like the, 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 the premium version of Google Analytics, which even has more features, mm 
then yeah, I would I would say it's a, it's a good tool. Yeah, a few weeks ago I had a in the show we had a mattress company, uh, Steven Krinberg, and they told me that uh, they shifted from Google Analytics because uh, I think they also have offline brick and mortar stores, and they all mm-hmm. they want to integrate everything together. And they he didn't tell me what they use, but they use something else uh, to integrate all of these uh, data. And what yeah. other and how about A/B testing tools? Because there is Google Optimize. Probably most, the you know most of the listeners they know it. But what would you recommend uh, for uh, for A/B testing? Well, there are three most common tools. Um, one is Google Optimizer, as you mentioned. Then there is a Visual Web Optimizer, and then there is Optimizely. So the last two. Um, uh, they, it's like they they focus on the high tier kind of clients. So many people shy away from the tools because they are a bit expensive, uh, but they are great tools and mm-hmm. also comprehensive. Um, Google Optimize is also a great tool, but there are still some aspects they are trying to like integrate things like uh, testing the different or having let's say two tests inside of one, for instance. Let's say uh-huh. you want to check, test uh, the checkout flow, and there are multiple pages inside the, the checkout process. So Google Optimize was still working on that. I'm not sure if it's still in beta form or if they have uh, launched it live. So what I can say is that it's still growing. It can still serve most of the needs for the most for most e-commerce businesses, uh, but there are some other advanced tools like those are the two I've mentioned that uh, are good and yeah can serve the purpose yeah yeah thank you and uh let's also discuss a bit about uh Hortjar and its competitors and the user testing.com we haven't used this tool but we are aware of this we actually they are a partner company uh, of our mm-hmm. agency and uh do you think Hotjar is is good enough, or there are a better tool for heat mapping and all of these things? Um, to be honest, um, I can say sometimes it's about preference, and mm-hmm. and also <laughs> also the data that you can gather from these tools, and mm-hmm. there there are some which. There are cases where you might find that um, some functionalities you need are not there, and that's when you can probably supplement it with a different tool. So, for instance, we have Crazy Egg, we have Otja, and yeah. there are also other tools for heat maps. And what I can say is that for the best, um, they, they, they cannot give us a comprehensive, both tools cannot give us comprehensive information on user behavior. Because besides the heat maps and video recordings and the service, there's still the question of if you want actual users to test the, the shopping experience and find out if from actual users what's really going on and if they can find what you intend them to find. So Hotja is a great tool. Um, but it's still struggling with a few things. Like, for instance, we are heading into an era of dynamic websites. 
So these are websites where a, a piece of content is revealed when you scroll to that position. And I recently, I experienced a challenge with that because uh, we could not track the whole heat map. So you find that um, Hotjar took a screenshot at the initial processing for the heat maps, mm -hmm. but then again, there are sections of the page that look black. And you uh -huh. find, we, we realize that the, their screenshot is hidden behind the overlay that's supposed to, when a user scrolls, it reveals the information. So those are the challenges and every tool has its challenges. Uh, but my preferred tool for heat, heat maps is Hotjar, uh, but it also needs supplementing like in cases like those ones. And mm -hmm. also user testing is unique in its own way because sometimes I usually don't like recommending surveys to clients unless I have to because no one what? wants to deal, the, to deal with the pop-ups that keep showing up uh, on the screen above and, and, and other, besides all other pop-ups that the, the, the yeah. site also has. So yeah. if we can just minimize all that activity for the user and get to a place where we can get an actual user, give them a test uh, scenario so that they can test with a few questions, like select a certain, find a certain product, add it to mm -hmm. the cart and check out, and then they tell us what the experience was. That is better than even having uh, like heat maps or video recordings because you're like one-on-one -on -one with a client and they can be able to show you exactly or to tell you exactly what the experience is on the website. Yeah, so every tool has its own limitations. Um, and I, I studied geology at university. We also used different instruments to measure things and the instrument is itself is also a limitation of what you measure and, and how you how precisely you can measure it. Um, so it's very interesting that you mentioned service because I can see them so many times, uh, especially on the websites of marketers. I think I just visited Neil Patel's website yesterday and I could see a Hotjar survey. So it's interesting to see those, uh, everywhere, but I never, never, I never filled out any, so. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's usually an, an issue because sometimes you might find uh like the the, the 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 activities on the page have reduced and you see a mm. trend in the pattern since you put up the pop-up so you find that there is a higher bounce rate or something like that or mm. people stay short on the website because of all that disturbance it's, it's also i think you've encountered this in email in cases where there are too many pop-ups on the page it's exactly. like Almost at every step or page the users goes to, there is a pop-up day that uh, they are required to fill in or that draws their attention. So, yeah, it, it has its downsides, but then again, that's going to be a better way to one reach many people mm. and two get many answers because for user testing, you get around five people, and then there is a question of expense. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's that challenge. So it's going to be a gamble. If they're putting it there, they're going to know that it's most likely to hurt their traffic and maybe it's going to be in a small way. So is that something they're willing to put up with mm. as they get the information? Yeah. 
So what do you think, what's the best way to get qualitative data from visitors? So we have Google Analytics, we can measure many things and we can A-B test, but how should we ask them about their opinion, about the website, the products, all of that? What do you think, what's the best way for that? Uh, one is, is the user testing and two is the surveys. So the mm -hmm. surveys can be even post patches. Most of these are not even filled in because once a user makes a patches, they're like probably done with the website and they won't come back there. And there is also the surveys, uh, the, 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 the surveys that are like hotjar that occur or you can see them as you scroll or as you view the pages of the website. So those are the three main ways that you can actually get to interact with users and find out exactly what the experience is. Yeah, I, I, I really believe in surveys. Uh, we use them in emails a lot. And also on the thank you page, they can be used after purchase. Mm -hmm. I think people are just more, they tend to, uh complete the service after purchase much more than just a random survey while you are browsing and also user mm -hmm. testing but i think user testing is is kind of expensive for many businesses it's 150 dollars per video for a 15 minute video by user something like that i don't remember the exact price so but if you can afford it then definitely uh, try usertesting.com as well. Um, so there is an important question here because we get this a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. Are there uh, quick hacks in CRO that anyone can implement? And if you do it, then your conversion rates go beyond, I don't know, a big number. Um, what do you think? Um, I'm not a big advocate of quick hacks uh, because one of the main reasons is that um, uh, one is that businesses are different. The solution I can, off, uh, I can offer for website A might not work for website B. So yeah. it can't just be a blanket cover for that. So what I would recommend for users is to go through their raw process because we're looking at a long-term investment here that's going to have a long-term impact. So the best thing is to just go through the CRO process uh, from the data collection all the way to the analysis and the behavior analysis and even the A-B tests if your traffic allows it, and then test your theories and also the implementations. Because for instance, if I have data, it's more likely that I would provide or come up with a customized solution for a specific problem as opposed to if I just went for a quick fix. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would highly recommend that people just go through the CRO process as opposed to um, applying quick fixes. Yeah. I have one though, the sticky yeah. button on mobile. Uh, oh yeah, those are like, uh, standards that mm -hmm. e-commerce businesses are encouraged to follow. Same mm -hmm. things. It's not even the only button that needs to be sticky. The menu bar needs to be sticky. The the um, checkout buttons are advised that they are sticky also so that they remain above the fold. Yeah. Uh, things like arrangement of the 
if it's a, something visual, it's a visual website, you have like a three column with images as opposed to a four column. People are more visual and mm -hmm. they're just st standards that are recommended that by default the e-commerce uh, sites should follow. Uh, but yeah. those ones are unlikely to like have a very huge impact in increasing uh -huh. the CRO as opposed if you actually went through the process and figured out where you're having leaks along the shopping funnel and saying, hey, yeah, I'm losing clients maybe at the add to cut step or maybe at the checkout. So mm -hmm. what can I do to sort this out? That's uh, already, that's not already uh, an industry recommended standard. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine examples when, let's say, this sticky add to cart button doesn't work or maybe even make things worse? Is it possible? I, I have not seen a case where it makes things worse because this is especially so for mobile devices. Let me give you an example. There was a client whose average order value for mobile devices was $900 and below. The highest mm -hmm. they've ever gotten is $900. And the only fix that we did after we realized, because we, we, we had to segment the data, we find out that this client is actually, uh, the mobile users are the ones who are being affected. They are the ones with the least AOV and not all the users. So once we figured out it's mobile and went to the product details pages and, and also the entire customer journey, we realized that the main challenge was the drop off on the product details pages. So not so many were even adding items to the cart and it's not like it was giving users confidence on what to do. So we did two things. Number one, we made sure that the name, the rating, the cost of the item, the image, and the add to cart button were above the fold. Mm -hmm. So those are the most critical. And if they needed more information, we figured out a smart way to like, feed that information without congesting the small mobile device screen in a way mm -hmm. that it's both presentable and offers the information. And the e-commerce conversion rate, no, not, not the e-commerce conversion rate, the OOV for mobile devices actually shot up to about $1,400, up from $900. So yeah. we figured out people are probably thinking that since they, they are, some of their products are pricey, users will not have a confidence have confidence in making a purchase on uh, such a, a huge purchase on a small device but it's actually that's not actually the point they were having a difficulty with the add to cut button and finding information on the product details pages so mm -hmm. an increase in the aov of about 500 dollars is something huge because it also boosted the revenue overall and the, the, the other good thing is that the impact was even greater because 60% of the users were mobile device users. So that was a good boost. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, what I can see a lot with uh, every uh, areas of, or every area of marketing, CRO email marketing, but other areas as well, is that people, they look for quick hacks and techniques and they expect uh, miracles by implementing them. And this can be, uh, the sticky add to car button for CRO or uh, I don't know, some kind of product description that they haven't used or maybe using plain text emails instead of HTML emails uh, and they believe that uh, 
you know, this is the best practice. So if we use this, then uh, everything will change. And uh, of course, many times there are improvement, but it's it's just a spike or, you know, it's it doesn't change the course of, of the business. Um, it's more when when, you know, real things happen. I think it's more like a strategic change that there is a expert there who understands the whole area of CRO or email marketing and uh, they understand how it works, what's the psychology, what's the data behind it, how mm-hmm. it all works. And uh, that person can make a decision based on, uh, based on the things that he or she can see. And uh, yeah, that, that what really uh, drives big changes, not certain techniques uh so i i'm saying this to ev- everyone who who who's listening that i think one or two techniques that it won't change your business you need a, a strategic change and uh it takes more time but the long term uh return on your investment will be much better this is what we can mm-hmm. see and actually my last question this would be my last question so what can we expect from cro we implement it uh, today and tomorrow our conversion will be doubled or <laughs> what is realistic here? I can say CRO is a continuous process and for the following reasons. Number one, you can never quite serve everyone or master every client. But then again, you can keep improving your website so that you can get as many people on board as possible. Number mm-hmm. two, your business will always have competition. And even if the the competition has not started already, it will in a few years to come. So in order for you to keep being at the top and keep improving and so that your customers do not like say, um, that one is serving us better or has better presentation of the products or it's easier for me to shop in that place or I can trust that shop better than this one. Then it's, it's there's need to keep optimizing your website. For instance, mm-hmm. we, 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 the, what we just talked about uh, we, we, with, um, with Dan in the previous uh, conversation is about the, like we call them the low hanging fruit, things like the floating out to cut and everything. Once that is out of the way, at least you know what mm-hmm. is common is already resolved. So you need to go in depth and find out what other techniques can you use that can actually improve on your business continuously and over the years also. Once you learn a few things here, you'll be able to know that this tactic worked. So how can we tweak it? Let's say when something new has come up in, let's say about six months or eight Mm -hmm. months, months from now so that you can keep improving on the product. So yeah, it's a continuous process. And but it shouldn't be that I'm optimizing. So I've got a, an e-commerce conversion rate of, let's say there's an improvement from 2% to let's say 4%. And then I say, that's it. Somewhere along the line, the conversion rate is likely to dip and not because there's a problem with the website, but because there is a better competitor also. So yeah. you need to find different way to, way, ways to keep reinventing keep staying afloat and keep making your business relevant. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Anne. Um, it was a very insightful conversation. 
And uh, thanks for all of the, not just quick hacks, but but much more than that. And uh, thank you everyone who, who listened to us today or later in the podcast. Every Thursday we are coming with a new episode, so stay tuned. And uh, yeah, thanks again, everyone. And, and yeah, stay tuned. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.